0: What's going on, everyone? Pat Mayo here. I want to give you a quick update because this always happens. Nick Chubb was ruled out the moment that we stopped recording. Now, we talked through Dearness Johnson uh, and where he would fall in the running back rankings if Nick Chubb was going to be out. So, when you hear us talk about Nick Chubb as if he is in, it happened before we knew the news. But we do cover the different scenarios with all of the injuries, so don't worry about that. Smash a like. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Pat Mayo Pat Mayo experience. Experience. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021, Week 7, Rankings, Breakdown, Stardom sit them the whole shebang every position you want to find the list of the rankings they're down in the description they get updated every single day because once we record the video and podcast obviously we can't change that all my rankings update video version on saturday as well if you just want to tune back in to the mayo media network youtube channel which you should subscribe to because we're pushing for thirty thousand subs so if you're watching and you haven't subbed yet please sub if you have subbed and you're watching thank you very much we Appreciate the sport Smash the like button for the episode. In the comment section, oh, Jesus. Uh, give me your breakout <laughs> running back for the rest of the season. Because everyone's either on bye or hurt. It is a gong show this week at the running back. We're actually, at every position, once we get down to it. We don't even know who's gonna be in or out, and we're probably not gonna know up until geez. Probably kickoff time for most of these games. I have a full injury cheat sheet that is down in the description right now as well. So you can go click on that and follow along. You can see the guys that I projected in, projected out, and that will influence the rankings as the week goes along. They'll all be updated in the brand new newsletter, which comes out on Tuesday evening. You'll get your first crack at the spread show as well. So I highly suggest you go check that out. Jake Sealy from TheAthletic.com, Bets TV YouTube channel, where he hosts his own show three days a week. What is going on, my man?
1: what's going on is uh, I think I might be finally getting my second win a little bit behind you so it's good it's week seven and it's nice timing because six teams on a bye which by the way two weeks or two teams on a bye next week what the hell NFL come on
0: I want to throw this out to you to begin with when you're drafting at the beginning of the year I know that there are certain Mm -hmm. people who like to be like oh I can't draft that guy because he has a bye on the same week as this guy but the prevalence of stacking your teams together even in season long with a quarterback and two receivers to go along with it is something that happens now far more often than it used to to try to really double and triple down on all those points and create a correlation in your lineup i'm never one who looks at bye weeks i don't really care in fact in a head-to-head season long week not best ball because actually in best ball you could probably get away with it too is there an advantage to having all of your guys on one bye week there's your auto loss but you're not hampered for any other week of the season
1: yeah. So I don't look at buys until we start getting to the middle rounds and I'll use it as tie break two different ways. So if I have two wide receivers back to back and one of them is about to be my third on a buy, but that's it third. I'd probably like, all right, I'll go with the other one because our teams change so much by the time we get to week seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Anyway, that being said is the best value is there. And now I'm talking about my fourth or fifth player potentially being on the same bye, then i'll actually go for it uh we you and i have talked about this for many years one year i actually had this happen to me where i had half of my team on a week nine bye. and that was the discussion you and i had that year where it was you know what that's one loss. The rest of the season, I have 90% of my team. And that year, that was the only loss I had. Now, granted, I also had a juggernaut behind it. I'm not saying you're always going to and you're not going to run into injuries otherwise. But I will, if it's going in that direction because of the value, I will start to attack that week nine or whatever it is by because like you said, you'd I'd rather deal with that one loss Than to try and deal with what we're talking about this week, like, do I go aggressively and blow my number one waiver spot on Dearness Johnson because I'm that desperate for a running back? Or do I start Mark Ingram or, you know, Kenyon Drake looks like he might be getting some run again. So it's kind of like maybe that gets me a win, but that's not even a guaranteed win. Whereas the flip argument of it is that you still have 90% of your team the rest of the season. So it comes down to that, but again, you kind of prefaced it with the fact that so much changes by the time we get to buys anyway, that even if you did that, it still might not even work out by the time you get to the buys.
0: The only time that I ever strategically look at buy weeks would be in a best ball league where I've gone really heavy at a thin position, yeah. like when I drafted Kelsey. I made sure that my backup tight end didn't have the same buy as Travis Kelsey. That's all I that was the my only concern and going concern for a backup tight end to Travis Kelsey was the week that he's off, just I need someone else to fill in. Because if Kelsey gets hurt, I'm screwed anyway, so there's no real point of loading up at tight end. Or if you go right. with, like, Mahomes, and you went with – I didn't, but if you went with Mahomes as your first quarterback and you only played two or potentially three, you'd probably just want to have your two other guys not on by that week as well. But other than that, like who cares, <laughs> honestly? Yeah.
1: Like like I said, it's rare that it happens that way, even like I just said. It's rare that it even goes that far to push me in that direction. And I agree with the best balls. One was this year was Lamar Jackson because people were so down on him at the beginning of the year. For people that would be like, there's no way. But yeah, Lamar Jackson was falling in drafts. We talked about it. And I did end up with Lamar Jackson. I'm like you. I don't generally take a quarterback early. But because I got Lamar Jackson like the seventh round, I was like, you know what? I'm only taking one other quarterback. I'm going to make sure it's not the same bye week as the Ravens.
0: Makes sense. And if you have an overwhelming amount of players on a bye week or injured at any one time, you also don't feel the need to go out and try to win that week either, which could either (laughs) kill your waiver priority, like put you out of fab bucks, like by going for uh, Dearness Johnson or I mean, if Alex Collins doesn't play Rashad Penny or DJ Dallas, like you're not winning with these guys anyway. So who cares?
1: <laughs> yeah exactly that's the biggest thing is like you don't want to blow that number one waiver priority and now of course if you're one and five and two and four and you, sure. you have your last chance to make a you can't pull that you have to go out there and try to win but even if you're three and three you can pretty much like all right you know three and four is not somewhere i want to be but what are the odds that i'm trying to think of somebody else that might be down like nelson Aguilar and dearness johnson get you that win to four and three anyway
0: let's talk about running backs and we'll try to mix in some waiver wire here because we have a little bit more information but clearly not enough at the moment jeremy mcnichols is unranked because of the ankle injury he sustained coming into the week and then on monday night against the bills they played the chiefs this week which would have been a really nice situation for him so wait and see with him rashad penny has been activated from the injured mm. reserve and it looks like he's going to play this week on monday night issue is alex collins has this hip injury which he sustained against the steelers and there's not there's word that he could play but might not play and it's on Monday night, so it creates some real problems if you were, I mean, I, Alex Collins was a guy you could probably rely on this week if he was healthy, as like a top twenty dude at running back, because there are so few options. Uh, Kareem Hunt, he's going to miss four to six weeks at least. It looks like Antonio Gibson still getting his MRI on his shin. We don't know where he stands at the moment. Latavius Murray exited the game against Baltimore. <laughs> Not sure where he stands at the moment. But that could have been, hey, my ankle kind of hurts. We're winning by forty-five points. Who cares? Take me out of this game. Saquon, we don't know if he's going to be back. Nick Chubb is probably the biggest one. We don't know whether or not he's going to be back. I think they might force him to play, which would really screw up a lot of Dearness, Dearness Johnson waiver bids coming in. Damian Williams and Samaj AP Ryan still need to pass COVID protocols in order to come back. I have them out of the rankings right now because we don't know if they're going to be back. But Williams coming back would be a huge you know, downgrade to Khalil Herbert. We wouldn't know how that backfield would now shake out. Christian McCaffrey, Chris Carson, Clyde Edwards, helaire are all on injured reserve. So that brings us to the running back rankings for week seven. Uh, it's Derek Henry, Daryl Henderson at number two, Kamara at three, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Daryl Williams at six. I have Nick Chubb at number seven, Jonathan Taylor, Leonard Fournette, and DeAndre Swift. Now, The only reason that I have Nick Chubb at seven and not like two or three, because this is assuming he's playing if he's in the rankings, is I know that DraftKings is going to put out a graphic of like my top five plays because they do that every single week as a part of the rankings, but they always release them way too late in the week uh, and they take the information from earlier. So they'll tweet out like 20 minutes before the like Thursday night game after like Nick Chubb has been ruled out and I've already changed my rankings. They'll put on a graphic like, Nick Chubb, Pat's number two running back of the week. And then I'll have like, 500 messages like, he's not even playing you. And I like, I didn't put that out! I've changed the rankings, man! Bad position. So anyway, he's at number 7.
1: Fair enough. Uh, I mean, if he's definitively ruled in, would you keep him at 7?
0: I'd probably move him up to 4.
1: Mm-hmm. If he's playing,
0: I'm playing him. Like, there's no way I'm not playing him.
1: Yeah, right, there's no way you're not playing him, but yeah, it's, not, mix it's, and... it's
0: not a great situation, but it's not right. a great week for running backs.
1: No, it's not. I just I don't even know if I. I think where you have them is kind of fine, even in itself, just for the risk of re-injury. If I mean, if there's no, we're not. I know we're not talking quarterbacks, and that will change as as you said to remind everybody, the rankings will be updated. But if Baker's not out there, and it's Case Keenum. And Denver gets up and Cleveland's like similar to the, oh, the bye week discussion If Cle- the Cleveland Browns are just like, screw it. We need to get healthy. Like, let's not destroy any chance we have at the playoffs by getting our entire team hurt. And they just yank Nick Chubb at halftime or something. Maybe. So I would say, like, I don't, I don't even think that spot is that bad. You know, I might even feel a little bit better about Jonathan Taylor, despite the fact that Marlon Mack and Naeem Hines keep being involved. Um, but I don't think that you need to move him that much higher.
0: I'll leave him at seven then. I liked how uh, I like the workload that Daryl Williams had last week. That was very nice to see, and he's everything that we Wasn't wanted. Wasn't very efficient, yeah, but cares? it doesn't matter. But who cares? He had all the volume yes. and he scored yes. touchdowns. It's everything we wanted from Clyde Edwards-Helaire. We're getting with Daryl Williams right now. Hundred percent. The issue with Jonathan Taylor is, I mean, he didn't get most of his carries until the second half last week, although he did for the second straight week put up pure efficiency on his limited amount of touches. But Indianapolis is going to be a dog in San Francisco, and that's just a tough spot versus the last two weeks where the Colts you know, faced easier opponents.
1: And that's certainly fair, yeah. The Jonathan Taylor workload of concern is warranted. DeAndre Swift's workload is warranted. No, no, I mean, no, you no, no, have... no,
0: no, 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 no. It's not... It's not a workload concern. It's just he's not going to score points until six minutes left in the fourth quarter when they're down by forty.
1: It's a hundred percent garbage time. Which is every week, though. Tweet- <laughs> sure, it's every week, but it's a lot to bank on because I tweeted it out on was today, Monday, whatever day the- <laughs> my days are already. It's Tuesday, my days are already smooshed together. Is that it's the difference between fourth quarter and overtime and the first three quarters is one of the top five biggest boosts. As in Fourth quarter and overtime, as in barely any part of the game versus three full quarters, and it's a vast amount of use difference for DeAndre Swift. And I agree with you. I even said that in the tweet. Like there are going to be garbage time probably every single week for the Lions. I just still so much to rely on. Where uh, what I was going to say is, I know it's a terrible matchup for Cleo Herbert against Tampa Bay. But his workload and the fact that he can pass catch, which we just saw Miles Gaskin do two weeks ago against Tampa Bay, is that if there's no Damian Williams, I would go Herbert before he goes I just I I don't want to rely it's not just the garbage time, it's the garbage time touchdown is the biggest thing for DeAndre Swift too.
0: I think that I would still feel more comfortable playing DeAndre Swift in my lineup over Khalil Herbert. In full disclosure, Herbert is number eleven in these rankings. He's one spot sure. behind him.
1: Well, I would go Chuba Hubbard too before Swift.
0: Ah, uh- I don't know if I would go that far. So let's just, yeah, here. I guess the giants. Hurt, yeah. The hurt. giants
1: are, I think top seven or eight weakest against the run.
0: The giants are just terrible, man. <laughs> exactly. But I, I just, I, I have no faith in this Carolina offense. Guys, Hubbard could have had a much bigger game. DJ Moore could have had a much bigger game. Like Darnold had a terrible stat line, but watching that game, he actually didn't play that. bad. I am starting to sound like cast, but I, they must've had what? <laughs> eight drops between all of them.
1: I uh, was six of them. Happen with Robbie Anderson too. Oh, DJ, and so, Moore,
0: DJ like, Moore had the old butterfingers going on as well.
1: He did as well, but I'm just saying. Look, I don't disagree with your sentiment. I said it about the garbage time for DeAndre Swift. I'm just telling you who I would trust. I would even trust, and I went one more spot to see this. Is I would go Elijah Mitchell because Shanahan has told us. Shanahan's like yes, Shanahanigans is a real thing, but Shanahan has definitively told us. Elijah Mitchell, he's guy. Sermon had a huge game with Trey Lance and had a very nice second half in that game with Trey Lance. And he still said Elijah Mitchell's active. Trey Sermon's barely touching the field and Jeff Wilson is not back. Uh, the Elijah Mitchell workload against Indianapolis, who is actually one of the top five teams against the run. I would still similar to the Tampa Bay situation. I like Swift. I move him down to fourteen. It's four spots. It's not a huge gap. I just these guys I would trust more than Swift. Question. Mm
0: -hmm. why do you hate DeAndre Swift?
1: (laughs) Because he hasn't lived up to my pre-draft hype. I don't know because he's the worst I, I, i'm I gonna keep him.
0: him at number 10 although i should be listening to you you crushed me on burrow versus heineke last week so i owe you money uh i don't forget these things when i lose or i win i don't forget about them although the ones from like the preseason i completely forget about with everyone that i've bet, i think I've yeah i forgot about any I, of those bets the made. only one i haven't forgotten about is the cooks versus obj that i'm crushing leone on which i feel so good about so the full 11 through 20 right now. I have Herbert Jacobs, Chuba Hubbard, Elijah Mitchell, Cordero Patterson at number 15. Then Devontae Booker, James Conner, Mike Davis, Chase Edmonds, Damian Harris. I have Antonio Gibson at number 21 because I just don't know what his injury status is. And he looked visibly bad against the Chiefs, visibly slow, looking like he was dealing with an injury. That's why I have McKissick at number 24.
1: And that's warranted. I don't understand the situation either. You know, Washington keeps telling us, Hey, this is just, we're maintenance every single week. It's not that big a deal. They give him over 20 touches two weeks ago. And then you just mentioned he looks banged up. He's going for the MRI, as you mentioned, when we're doing the show before we know the news on that, but this is just all around worrisome. If, if Patterson happens to be Jarrett Patterson happens to be sitting out there in your league, you, there's no reason that should still be sitting on waivers. Um, because yeah, even if he plays against Green Bay, which is a good situation to be in, that's that's even worse than the Nick Chubb situation of just not even finishing the
0: game because of health. Yes, that would not be great. What's going on, everyone? I need to tell you again about Elevate Hydration from Beam because I absolutely love it. I was feeling a bit logy during the afternoons recently. I'm up early. I got two little kids. They're always sick. They make me sick, and I do most of my filming early in the morning then i go to the gym around like noon and by the time three o'clock hits you know i'm gassed by the time like seven o'clock hits i want to go to bed after the kids go to bed and i had to do something so i've been trying to exercise that really you know it works for a bit but then it wears off and trying to eat better but i found that elevate hydration from beam started using that because they're giving away free samples so i got some like you should as well um, really work. there's three specific flavors uh, for your specific needs. You have digestive balance, You have sustained energy, which uh, is Elevate Energy made with caffeine for sustained energy. But I've been using Elevate Recovery made with collagen peptides and branch chain amino acid. They help me recover from the gym for tired muscles and joints. And they're giving me energy throughout the day. I absolutely love it. I, you know, I'm fired up again in the afternoons. It's absolutely great. I highly recommend you do it. And you can get it for free. You don't even have to put a credit card in. Nothing like that. Our listeners can get free Elevate sample packs. to so try them all out by going to beamorganics.com slash mayo. That's B-E-M organics.com slash mayo for a free sample pack. Stay hydrated. Highly recommend you try this out. Great for hangovers too, by the way. All right, back to the show. Let's talk through some of these scenarios. Let's say Chubb doesn't play. Then we have hmm. Dearness Johnson yeah. and the metric system, Felton uh
1: thank you i made the same joke (laughs) i made the same joke i said i made the i made a terrible 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 joke i said we can we call him d inches you know because instead of demetric or whatever but yes thank you so you should probably hate yourself because you made the same joke i did
0: yeah the issue is when he compiles his yardage it's not in yards it's in meters which is longer so it's going to be tougher to score fantasy points so that's a real (laughs) issue Where, where would you put dearness johnson in the rankings if nick chubb was officially ruled out
1: Probably right around
0: like would you play Devontae Booker or Dearness Johnson?
1: Booker. Yeah. I was gonna say lower than that. I or Johnson would fall into the Latavius Murray conversation. I put him right behind Alex Collins probably.
0: Yeah. So okay, let's say Alex Collins doesn't play. What do we do with the Seattle backfield?
1: <laughs> oh Rashad Penny's finally happening. <laughs> it's a thing. Uh God, I I would love if Rashad Penny was a thing. Uh, Rashad Penny you know, I know it's his first game back, but I think they would give him the opportunity. I don't think he'll get 20 touches, but I think he the opportunity to be the lead over Homer or Dallas, whichever way they want to go with that. So yeah, I would say Penny would not be as high. I wouldn't put him up by Alex Collins. I would put Penny like for the, the risk Javon, associated with J- it. Like Miles Sanders, Javante Williams, brilliant. Miles Sanders. Yeah. Yeah.
0: which in full disclosure are 27 and 28 in the running back rankings for half point PPR this week yeah so the full 21 to 30 is Gibson Murray Collins JD McKissick Michael Carter I don't know why I said it like that but either way Melvin Gordon Miles Sanders Javante Williams AJ Dylon and Naheem <laughs> Hines at number 30 um it's a like I said this is going to be the toughest week that we have like well, let's let's say Samaje Pirine comes back oh god for the Bengals. Like obviously he probably I, I don't think that like the although Chris Evans looked really good last week, I still think that's P Ryan's role because that's how yes. he had been being used before. So like does he slot back in and like that Jamal Williams like 33 34 type territory?
1: Yeah, we would just swap them out. Uh, Chris Evans too did look really good, but more so in the passing game. Now, it's part of the reason we had the discussion a few weeks ago is that I said I could see a split Uh, Maybe like a 60-40, not quite the Broncos pronounced split if Joe Mixon was out, which we did. We see a lot more Pirine and we did see some of Evans. But like I said, he's better pass catching upside, a little bit more balanced of a running back, but it's still Pirine. And so I would put Pirine there and just move Evans down to like the Kenneth Gainwell, DJ Dallas range for, and as you said, for people so they know that's 48 to 50.
0: So how about Damian Williams? If he's activated for the Bears, what does that do to Herbert? And I assume Williams would be ahead of him.
1: Mm, Because of the matchup, I think this is going to be very much like the Broncos, where they're going to be a near 50-50. It was the game before now granted the bears were kind of rolling the clock yeah so there was clock grinding there and like you wouldn't expect herbert but with herbert what he did last week has proven the talent that we thought herbert could be again you know we speculate on a lot of these players and until we see them rookies or backups or otherwise they could fall on their face but he proved enough that i think it is a 50 50 despite maybe that not being their plans but this matchup because the one thing I think the Bears would trust is that Damian can pass block better, and he is a good pass catcher. Not that Herbert isn't, but if you're talking about the matchup and you're talking about going against the Bucs, I would say this would be a week where it probably leans more of a 60-40. So Damian Williams, for me, would probably fall in right around Damian Harris, and then I would say Herbert would be down by A.J. Dillon, Javante Williams. A little bit more pronounced of the Denver split, but kind of in that same range.
0: Uh, two weeks ago, Damian Williams ran nine routes out of the backfield and Khalil, Khalil Iber ran seven. So that was, and that's
1: with the garbage, no quote unquote garbage time on the other side of it is that they were playing control ball.
0: Correct. But that, that's, and I think they only threw the ball 21 times in that game. So. Uh, But those were the routes run distribution between the two. And as we saw last week that Herbert played the highest percentage of snaps of any running back in the league without Damian Williams. So that was pretty interesting to know. Would you play any Dolphins running back?
1: Nope. I wouldn't. (laughs) I've been saying that for weeks. I I have no, I I have Le'Veon
0: Bell over Miles Gaskin right now. Let's say, let's say Latavius Murray is hurt. Where would (sighs) Le'Veon Bell go?
1: uh there's this comes that this is very simple this is what do you think the game is going to be Le'Veon Bell it did more runs or more rushing snaps than passing snaps Devonte Freeman more passing snaps than rushing snaps that's also Tyson Williams might be activated if Latavius Murray is out so I think it's a slightly better version of the Dolphins backfield I'd still lean Latavius, or not Latavius. I would still lean Le'Veon Bell for the touchdown, but I wouldn't be surprised if Devontae Freeman is the safer play, or if all three just go belly up because Tyson Williams is involved. So, where you have them, where's Latavius Murray? 22? Yeah. I don't think I would go quite that high with Le'Veon Bell. I'd probably, I mean, Melvin Gordon is just not going away. I, I think I would stop at Le'Veon Bell right around Gordon and Sanders.
0: Yeah, like my, I have Michael Carter at number 25, and he legit doesn't do anything. So that's how weak running back is this week.
1: I mean, he does. He just does what he does on still splitting with Ty freaking Johnson.
0: And Tevin Coleman. Yeah,
1: well, Tevin Coleman is just... <laughs> Tevin Coleman's like, that's another one. It's like, it goes to barely being used to getting 10 touches to barely being used. And just make up your damn mind. Stay away from these backfields. Don't get involved with them. Stop trying to predict the Dolphins. The Dolphins, as we've seen, Miles Gaskins when they need the pass. Everybody else involved when they don't, man, if he fumbles, he might even get back on the field. This seems it would be a Malcolm Brown game because against the Falcons, they could probably win this one. But who knows? Falcons might come out of their bye looking like they did before their bye, And even without Calvin really looking more efficient on offense. And then all of a sudden they're down and it is Miles Gaskin. So just stay the hell away.
0: It is worth noting that the Falcons coming out of its bye week uh, each of the past two years have been significantly better, especially on defense i don't know why and, and
1: you know well there was also that how long was it for the time where was it bruce arians always lost out of the bye or no wait no that's it was, um it was andy
0: reed always won out of the bye. it
1: was andy Reid. yeah yeah andy Reid out of the bye
0: the other thing and i don't think this is a hot take whatsoever but all browns fantasy players are likely better if case keenum is the quarterback right now until baker gets healthy <laughs>
1: Oh, until he gets healthy. Yeah, yeah sure. I, I mean, is, I mean, it
0: might, Case Keenum might be better than Baker. I don't know, but Baker's been banged up since week one when he like tore his labrum. Like, I know it's in his non-throwing shoulder. That's still a painful injury.
1: And he also he said it's his decision, defiantly, according to the reports, defiantly said it's his decision whether or not he plays, and it's just pain tolerance. So, yeah, you know, like this kind of goes to the Ben Roethlisberger jokes we've been making is knowing what you get from terrible Mason Rudolph better than. The inconsistency of Ben throw to throw, let alone week to week, but yeah, Case Keenum. Look, we know who Case Keenum is. He's kind of he, similar. He's
0: gonna, he's gonna chuck it like it's good. I, will I was say gonna say it's similar Kingdom to Tyler Haneke. Good for Beckham, if nothing else.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna compare it to Tyler Haneke, Is that he's gonna be too aggressive, which could be the downfall of winning the game, but for fantasy purposes, could easily be better. So I, I don't disagree with you there. I do have one major disagree. I mean, major, 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 and you're gonna hate it. I'll give you the hint why you're going to hate it.
0: Is it involved Mark Ingram?
1: It does involve Mark Ingram. Only because I looked at, No, I know, but I, I mentioned this on my show, Pat, with, with Lauren. And I said that, like, I went through the six games of the Texans. There is no rhyme or reason to being blown out, to being in a close game, to facing zone, to facing man, to facing pressure, to cover two, to cover zero. Like There is no rhyme or reason to the first two games and the last two games where Mark Ingram has been getting 15 plus touches to the two middle games where he basically got left out. There's zero that you could look at outside of whatever the coach felt like that week. So I say that to say this. David Johnson has been better on a per-touch basis. Don't disagree. Mark Ingram has been, don't care. The volume is the volume. And if you're going to give me the volume over Trey Sermon, I would actually put David Johnson and Mark Ingram back-to-back.
0: I would not, and because I don't want. I know you would I, not. I'm never playing Mark Ingram. But the biggest thing that stands out to me from these guys and what differentiates them a little bit, and assuming that the Texans are just going to be bad because they're always pretty bad, that Mark Ingram has ran 27 routes out of the backfield so far. Philip Lindsay 24. David Johnson 96. So if you're just and like in a week like this, seven points out of your running back is like, oh my god! Like well, let's have a look here. David Johnson feels like he's going to be right around there most of the time. <laughs>
1: And I would be there, but you just saw Mark Ingram monopolize that backfield in a blowout to the Colts. And that's my point, is that there's been no rhyme or reason to say, I agree with you. You're sitting here and you're saying in a passing game, it should be David. Hell, David Johnson should be out there more than Mark Ingram, period, because he's the better running back, even at this point of his career. But that's my point, is that like there's been no definitive This is the game script. This is what they do. I would go David Johnson over Mark Ingram. I'm just saying I wouldn't have Mark Ingram that low.
0: Here's the best part: is if you look at their PPR points so far this season, Mark Ingram has 39.1, David Johnson has 38.6, and Philip Lindsay has 27.6. And I'm pretty sure all of those came in the first game for Mark Ingram
1: (laughs) for Philip Uh, Lindsay.
0: But when you look at the actual like per touch, so those 39 fantasy points are on 90 touches. Lindsay has 27 on 39 touches. And David Johnson has 38 fantasy points on 34 touches this year.
1: Again, this is, I mean, the coaches don't always make sense. Why is it not David Johnson? I don't know. Maybe they think if they give him too many touches, he's just going to break. But, yeah, I don't disagree with the use of what we want it to be. But as we've said with many situations and many times, hell, the most common name, Lamar Miller, just signed with the Saints. The Saints, yeah. He was the... He was the poster boy of this for the longest time, is no matter what we want and see, coaches don't always do what we want.
0: Bad omen for Tony Jones, by the way, with them signing Lamar Miller.
1: And how about a bad omen for what Todd Gurley must be at this point?
0: Yeah, to, to And AP?
1: I mean, I could get the AP. And for... Peterson
0: looked better than Gurley did last year.
1: That's, that's true. I'm trying to think of, like, the fit, though, is pass catching. His AP's never been that.
0: Yeah, I mean, Lamar Miller looked pretty washed the last time we saw him, too. So. Oh,
1: I don't disagree. I just, I was, it was the fit, the f- fit for the football team. And at this point, despite the fact that Adrian, I'm just saying, like, Todd Gurley, better passing option, well, you would think, maybe. Well, yeah, who cares? They, they didn't get signed. Who cares?
0: Yeah, I I find it really strange, too, because I, I feel like the Saints actually have a logical guy. They I feel like they need a runner, because Ty Montgomery's on that team. Like, if you needed someone to catch passes out of the backfield, Ty Montgomery can, that's like the only thing that he can do.
1: I know. And then they have Dwayne Washington and it looks like the next man up right now. And they have the <laughs> arguably one of the best pass catching running backs in the NFL who, by the way, Pat, you want to talk. I also did the splits yesterday on Twitter for running versus passing downs and how much pronounced that was for Deandre Swift. Cause it was a Deandre Swift rabbit hole. I was going down. Camara is bottom six for rushing versus passing downs. like, You know he's one of the best pass catchers in the NFL, right?
0: I get, I get, maybe not. Maybe, I mean, is Taysom Hill going to be back this week?
1: Oh God. uh, can we just hope not? Yeah. Just for sanity? if,
0: if, If not, I think this, this, I actually think the Saints are going to be really good coming out of the bye, like for the rest of the season because I think that Michael Thomas is either going to be back next week or the week after. And if Thomas comes back, I have no idea what he's going to be when he returns. But I actually think this makes so much more... I actually put Marquez Calloway at number five in my waiver wire pickup rankings. It's up on DKNation.com right now. For I think he'll be really good when Michael Thomas comes back because they're asking him to be Michael Thomas right now, which he cannot do. He cannot go up against ones. He cannot be a focal point of an offense. But when Thomas is back, he can kind of be like the between five yards and 35 yards. Then Callaway can be bubble screens and deep shots, which he's good at. (laughs)
1: <laughs> hey, I, I don't disagree with you there, and I actually have Marquez Callaway. I put him in a different section for me. I said check to see if he was dropped because a lot of people might have dropped him during the buy, and then also because you know I'm not thinking that thinking that Michael Thomas was coming back, and then Marquez Callaway wasn't going to be valuable anymore. So I agree with you about Callaway and the Thomas situation. Is, I don't know. They only even said it could be like two to three, four more weeks though. So that's the concerning
0: part. It is, and we'll see. I, I'm guessing week eight or week nine for him. <sighs> That'd be my I guess. would still
1: if you get if if you gave me plus money on he decides as in I said this in the preseason to you Pat that he pulls the AJ green of like eh, I, I, I'm still hurt I'll see you in 2022 I wouldn't be shocked
0: I wouldn't either I actually have him in my keeper league uh, he just I, I'm tanking him I actually won a game last week I've been trying to not win games on am I played the other crappy team and beat them. So that's always fun. Stupid Alex Collins <laughs> and his good game. But uh like I, I have in our league, like if you redshirt a player, you don't get you, you get an extra keep, but you also don't get penalized for the round that you're in. So I have Michael Thomas in the sixth round. I'm like, what do I do with this now? Do I keep him and just use him for next year? If he comes back, do I use him as like a huge trade chip and get a first round pick next year? Because I have an, I have like Etienne. I have basically everyone who was hurt coming into the season to keep them for next year. So I'm just reloading. It's the first time in 14 years. I've actually reloaded in this league. I'm like, this makes so much sense to do every three years and have an awesome team going into the next year. And <laughs> and just, you're you're the Miami
1: win. Marlins.
0: I am essentially, but it's the first because I always, because I always end up being like four and two, or I'll be five and one, or three and four, or whatever it might be midway through, and it's like, oh, I could tank or I could go for it, and I'm always, I, I want to win this year. I want to go for it, and then I just invest way too much into the future, and it kills me every single year if I don't win. Like I, I had the only other year that I tanked. Was one year when, like, basically I had the most points in the league, but I was one in six somehow. I just kept losing by like a point every single week, but I had all of these awesome players who weren't keeper eligible for the next year. Cause they were drafted too highly. And I just sold them all off for first round picks. When I, once I was basically eliminated from the playoffs and then I went undefeated the next year. So <laughs> I should really be doing that game plan more often than not. I just saw that. I... A- hold on. Adam Schefter just reported that the Browns have signed running back. John Kelly, shout out old Rams to the active roster from the practice squad. But I don't know if that's indicative of anything that happens to Chubb. It's because they officially placed Kareem Hunt on injured reserve, so they, right. now they have an open spot. If they sign another running back before Thursday, I would say that's bad news for Nick Chubb.
1: Yeah, if they like bring in Todd Gurley <laughs> or Adrian Peterson, yeah, if they bring in anybody, I'm with you. It is that right now it's the open spot, uh, and we'll have to see. Although, I'd be interested though because the open spot. I don't know if it isn't necessarily indicative because they have to conceivably activate Jarvis Landry because they had that window and he wasn't active last week and he's yeah, been pulled off the but, but they just pulled be, off the IR.
0: They only put John Kelly to the active roster. They put Kareem Hunt and that guy whose name I can't last name I can't pronounce. Jeremiah. Oh, they put somebody
1: else on the IR.
0: Yeah, they put two guys on IR.
1: Okay, okay. Well, that changes it. Oh, you are talking about the Notre Dame kid?
0: Yeah. Ooh. ooh Jeremiah Ousu Korma. Yeah. Yeah. He's also on IR now. Per He's also awesome. If he could just stay
1: healthy, well, he uh, can. but to go back, yeah,
0: that's why they're going to why they're back, Se- go- That's why Seattle's going to run Rashad Penny into the ground. It's like we got him for one game. Let's go,
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Antonio Gibson. Like, let's just keep t- t- until he breaks down. Um, I-, I will say this to go back to your strategy situation. I had somebody ask me that. In the waivers column, they said, Hey, uh, I have a chance to win it. I can get that this team's blowing up. They're offering me Derrick Henry, and I forget it was a decent wide receiver. It's like a wide receiver 20 ish range. And I said, I give up my second rounder, my fifth rounder, or Michael Carter. And I said, I hate giving up that much draft capital for next year, but to do that, I'm okay with it because if you're going for the title, that's the thing. Is like if you're on the other side of it, the person giving up Derrick Henry, I might even try to get more than that, like at least a first round if you're giving up Derrick Henry. I Hell, I would probably hold out for a first, second, and more. But that point being is that's a strategy, and when you're in keeper leagues, I think people need to look more into, especially if you're in auction leagues too. Like my home auction, I got Michael Thomas for 15 because of the discount. And I'm kind of with you in the fact, like, I don't know if should I just go ahead and sell him and potentially just get help now or try to hold because if he's 20 bucks next year, because ours go up $5. But this is the strategy behind all these when you're in keeper and those type of leagues where I think people don't take enough advantage of it
0: it's and my issue right now is i have too many guys to keep for next year like i have jalen waddle right he's a red shirt i have javante williams he's a red shirt i have michael thomas he's a red shirt i have etienne he's a red shirt i have lawrence and fields like I, I i i pits like i just drafted rookies on my team and be like i hope four <laughs> of these guys hit <laughs> uh,
1: and it's again as we I have to say we have four keepers in my auction home league so you know i can't keep everybody and of course i'm going to look for some discounts and what i paid versus you know Keeping Saquon Barkley at 50 bucks. So, again, my entire point completely agree with you. And I think people need to look to be more active in that. I mean, I got people in my homeland complaining that why do people keep trading with Jake? It's because you don't do anything. Yeah. You don't make these conversations and these moves to try and win it or either look to next year. And these other teams are looking out for their best interest. Guess what? If you're making a trade, it should probably help both sides. So, if you make a strong team better, but you make yourself better for 2022, that's the cost of doing business.
0: If you are in a spot and you desperately need a running back, someone who is on the waiver wire that you can go pick up this week, just to play and pray, who would it be? Because I think if Alex Collins is out, obviously Rashad Penny would probably become that guy, but I'd probably also consider DJ Dallas too.
1: Mm, I got to tell you, between those, I would go for more Stevenson because I was surprised they used him as much in the passing game as they did. And on top of it, Harris is still dealing with his injury. And if something were to happen, Harris, hell, even mid game, uh, Stevenson just looks like he's stepping into the Harris role. So I think they're all in the conversation, but for not knowing how much Penny gets that work, if Dallas, I mean, Homer still keeps getting involved. He does, but uh, but, but not knowing.
0: I thought it was very telling that when they ran the two minute drill at the end of the first half, it was DJ Dallas. It was DJ Dallas in the game just catching check downs.
1: Yeah, so that, that's really what it comes down to. And that's, I, I would go Stevenson. I think all of them in our play, but me personally, I would, go, I would go Stevenson.
0: Between your photos, finances, devices, and connection, your world is more online than ever. You may have security systems in place for real life, but what about your online life? Aura can sound the alarm if your digital presence is at risk. Aura provides digital security protection to keep your online finances, personal information, and tech safe from online threats. It's all-in-one protection from identity theft, financial fraud, malware, scam sites, and so much more. With Aura, you'll get alerted to fraud and threats fast, like if your online accounts or passwords were leaked online or if someone tries to open a bank account in your name. Or as easy to set up, all plans come with $1 million in identity theft insurance to help you recover your stolen funds and experienced US-based customer support that's got your back. Or as a new type of security service that protects all your online information and devices with one simple subscription. With an easy online dashboard and alerts sent straight to your phone, Aura keeps you in control and guides you through solving any issues. And for a limited time, Aura's offering our listeners up to 40% off plans when you visit Aura.com slash Mayo. Go to Aura.com slash Mayo to get complete protection and savings up to 40% off. That's A-U-R-A.com slash Mayo. Okay, wide receiver rankings for week number seven: uh, Devontae Adams number one, Cooper Cup number two, Tyreek, DeAndre Hopkins, Terry McLaurin, Jamar Chase, AJ Brown, Calvin Ridley, Debo Samuel, DJ Moore. Number eleven is Mike Evans, DK Metcalf, Cortland Sutton at number thirteen. He should have had five thousand fantasy points this week and did not <laughs> antonio brown at number 14 brennan cooks chris godwin michael Pittman. that is assuming that both Paris, campbell and ty hilton are injured because it looks like they're campbell is going to be out for an extended time and i just don't think that hilton's going to recover from this quad injury quick enough to play this week uh robert woods t higgins sterling Shepard. my and that's not including Kadarius tony or kenny galladay or darius slayton in the rankings at the moment but i'm only really concerned about Kadarius tony as it Applies to Sterling Shepard. So if Tony is out, Shepard stays where he is. The 21 to 30, now we're kind of getting into it. I got Marquise Brown, Tower Lockett, Devonta Smith, Henry Ruggs, Corey Davis, Tower Boyd, Tim Patrick, Jalen Waddle, Jacoby Myers, and Hunter Renfro. The only reason I have Waddle at 28 and not higher is because I do have devonte Parker in the rankings.
1: There you go. And, that, and that's certainly warranted. The two, I'm going to push back on two, the same team. Uh, is the Geno Smith situation. And it's not just because how miserable things looked for DK Metcalf entire locket with Geno, but surprisingly, even before Lattimore, so this is the entire season. So this is before Lattimore was even back on the field because he missed games. The Panth- or the Panther, the saints are top three. The their third toughest team right now against pass and expected, up, op- you know, expected opponent opportunity. So Metcalf, you know, I love, look, Metcalf can finish number one because he's Metcalf. I would push him down and I would start Chris Godwin over him. I would stop at Pittman. I think T.Y. Hilton's return is concerning for Pittman. Not enough to yeah, destroy but, Pittman's yeah, but, value.
0: I don't think that Hilton's going to be playing.
1: No, see, there's conflicting reports out of this. It's like, yeah, he kind of like the quad, but some of it was also like if it was any given game and it's not his first game back, he would have played through. It wasn't that bad. So conflicted, we don't know. But, but he was walking back and forth on the sidelines and fine, and then he came back in for a brief spell. So again, of course if ty hilton's out which you have him out then i don't have a problem with Pittman at all I, I was just bringing that for a side conversation but metcalf i would push down to 16 and tyler lockett i would push down behind corey davis uh not huge bumps but enough that i think that you have to take into consideration both the matchup you know if Geno and the seahawks were facing washington or detroit I'd feel better about it, but they also had a good matchup where he just kind of went in that one, too, where the opportunity was because of the pace of the game. Um, that's really what it comes down to. I think the Saints are tougher than people have realized because everybody sees the name of Lattimore, not realizing that their, their past defense has still been playing very well.
0: Okay, I will put in, lock it below, Tyler Boyd in this circumstance. And so that makes him number yeah, I don't even love Tyler Boyd. I actually like Tyler Boyd this week. If people sub to the newsletter, they'll find out why I like Tyler Boyd this week. There's a little tease. I mean, I
1: know you like, I know you like why, I, I know why you like, if I could speak correctly. Uh, but at the same time, it's still just being third in that, I just, he gets left out too much for me. But I know, I don't, I don't even have to read, but I should go, everybody out there should go read. Because I know the reason that you're going to have in there, why you like Tyler Boyd.
0: Yeah, why well, I already wrote it up. Tyler Boyd has 26 catches on 35 slot targets. All other Bengals have 19 on 23 targets from the slot so far this season. And Burrow ranks fourth in completions percentage to the slot this season, a 77.2% average versus a 69% average to the rest of the league. And it's just kind of how you attack the Ravens right now. And that's a very soft spot on the field. And I think that he'll just be overlooked this week. That's the main reason I like Tyler Boyd. And there's not a ton of good options here.
1: No, there's not. I was trying to get... I was helping you to go... People to go read the newsletter, and you just I gave them all the well, information. I mean, well,
0: there's more. There's more to it than that, but that is a brief <laughs> synopsis of why I like Tyler Boyd this week. And I especially like him on... By draft. the way,
1: perception-wise... I I do like where you have DJ Moore even coming off that game because also perception. Everybody's like, oh, you know, the Giants have Bradbury. They brought in um, a Dory Jackson. They have all these weapons. They're the third worst so far. They're the exact
0: Do you know what the the Giants are? They're because of the Giants and the Giants get a ton of press, especially in the preseason. So if anyone on the Giants ever plays well, like Bradbury did last year, they're going to make them seem like they're the best corners in history. And then maybe they're not. (laughs) And then you can really take advantage of that.
1: They're the New York Yankees of football. Every single one of their prospects is amazing. Every single one of their players is amazing. And yeah, that's 100%. Yeah, the Giants are bad. And everybody's talking about the Browns defense. The Browns, one of the bottom teams against pass right now too.
0: So Waddle, Myers, Hunter, Renfro at number 30. 31 is Jamison Crowder who is tailored perfectly to beat this Patriots team. It's whether Sack Shilson can get him the ball or not. Who knows? Uh, Alman Ra, St. Brown at 32. A.J. Green at 33. Devontae Parker, Rashad Bateman. I have Odell at 36. I'll switch backs to him for a second. Robbie Anderson is 37. Allen Robinson, Khalif Raymond, Darnell Mooney. Toons! But with Beckham, I have Baker currently starting in the rankings, and I think that hurts Beckham. Let's say Case Keenum plays in this game. I know Sertain's been really good so far, but... I feel like I'd move Beckham into like the mid 20s if Case Keenum's starting.
1: Oh, what if Jarvis Landry plays? (laughs)
0: Huh. <laughs> I don't I don't think that Jarvis Landry is going to play
1: I think that you think they're going to give him that one extra 10 day rest on yes, top of it
0: absolutely I, I think it'd be crazy Which makes sense I think it'd be crazy not to with I, I think it'd be crazy it's not necessarily t- crazy to play Chubb because I don't know what his injury status is obviously and I don't know with Landry either but with Baker it makes complete sense if you think you can get him basically 14 days off to recover from this injury with Landry why are you rushing him back coming off of injured reserve if he's not 100% like there's just so many weird questions that kind of fall into this that it makes a lot of logical sense to say it's a lot like what tampa did last week on thursday night like Gronk could have played in that game from what it kind of sounds i can see him with some of their defensive guys and they were like screw it we're good we'll just wait till next <laughs> we'll, we'll wait the 10 days <laughs>
1: yeah we're, we're really damn good we don't really care so yeah if case Keenum's is there i can see odell beckham's upside around i'm looking up your list Ruggs? here
0: rugs and devonta smith hollywood brown like that range
1: that, that, that kind of round. Yeah. That kind of range. I, I would, whew, I'd probably play him over Tyler Lockett. So
0: yeah, I, I I'd could, be at least in, yeah, I get behind that. I play him over Corey Davis too.
1: I could see that as well. He's falls into that range for sure. Um, the only thing that I would flip Myers and Crowder, cause at least Crowder scores touchdowns. How about that? Jacoby Myers finally gets in the end zone and gets called back.
0: Yeah, it's it's coming for him. It's eventually gonna get. <laughs> this, we've been saying this since week two. Yeah, but it's not like he's been a bad fantasy player though. He's like, All no, right. it's not. You know, it's not. I'm you know just... who might be the most underrated fantasy player so far this season? Because I went and looked at the waiver wire. There was two things that really struck me. Because I, I just, for the purposes of a waiver wire column, I use the ESPN uh, percentages, which you know fall somewhere like between CBS and Yahoo when it comes to like where people actually have. Competitive leagues, these guys aren't owned or are owned (laughs) in non competitive (laughs) leagues with people just maybe tuning in and clicking on a waiver column for pickups. Like Elijah Mitchell was only owned in like 58% of ESPN leagues, which blew my mind. Ricky Seals Jones was only owned in 17%, but Tim Patrick's only owned in like 14% of leagues somehow. Tim Patrick is good. You can play Tim Patrick like every week.
1: So, uh, and that's, I go to Yahoo. Uh, there, those percentages are a little bit higher, but there's a section where it's I tried to tell you, and I it's tongue in cheek, like ha ha. I tried to tell you, but it's also tongue in cheek. as in there's a section I always have at the top of the running backs and the top of wide receivers. To your point, is like I can't keep writing Tim Patrick up for six weeks. Like at some point, there's nothing left to say. Like I can't be like. And Tim Patrick did this. Like, if you don't want to pick up Tim Patrick, then don't pick up Tim Patrick. He's been sitting in. So there's two parts of the I tried to tell you. The I tried to tell you was like Sterling Shepard this week of like, hey, look, first game back, look how much Daniel Jones loves him and Kadarius Toney is out for an indeterminate amount of time. So I wrote him up a little bit. But Tim Patrick's been sitting in the slant the italics previous told you still under 60%. You don't even get a write up. He's been there for five weeks or four weeks. I don't know what else to tell people.
0: He's good. That that would be my. And even if Judy
1: comes back, he's not going to be completely written out.
0: No, but it would be bad.
1: It would be like Tyler Boyd.
0: Yeah, very much so. Yeah, I actually think that Tim Patrick on a better team would be a really nice number three.
1: I think so as well. You know who else has been in the same group for the entire past four weeks? Is Henry Ruggs. Guys in the top thirty of wide receivers, and he's still sitting out there.
0: There we go. Forty-one through fifty, and this is, I mean. These would normally be like the 60 to 80 range. But Van, <laughs> I know this is gross. It's Van Jefferson, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Nico Collins, Brandon Ayuk, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, Marquez Calloway, Zach Pascal, Nicole Hardman, and Kendrick Bourne. I have Rager at so, number 51. Right, Rager, like Cortland Sutton, could have had 50 fantasy points on Thursday night.
1: He could have, and I'm a little bit concerned, mildly concerned now about Rager with how close Quez Watkins was in routes and snaps, and I'm not saying he's taking over for Rager. I'm just saying Rager, similar to Brandon Ayuk, keeps faltering, and Philly is officially going to you know, maybe start giving Watkins more opportunities. The only two in this range, uh, we just talked about Callaway. Uh, Callaway and Harbin. Harman's officially is still, look, he's number three, but he's been officially consistent as the third receiving option. Uh, I would put Callaway and Hardman before I even went to Nico Collins.
0: I think it really depends on what you want from this game. I can just see Nico Collins now, especially because Chris Conley's not going to play, it looks like, with this neck injury. And there's r- rumors that Tyrod could come back this week as well. probably not this week. It'll probably be next yeah. week, but uh, he could be activated off. Intra- yeah, but he's the two running.
1: Callaway's the one and Hardman's on the chiefs going against the Titans. There's my counter argument to Collins and I like Collins.
0: I just feel like Collins eventually they can't give Brendan cooks 50% of the targets every week. Just can't work. No, out.
1: but is it guaranteed to be Collins? I think I mean, so. Might I- be.
0: After watching that game last week, he was by far their second best receiver. Oh, that is that's not a question in that, but I mean,
1: it's, I'm just saying is it definitively Collins, Davis Mills, or Tyrod Taylor going to him. By the way, why are we back to Tyrod? Remember when he was going with, what was it, Tyrod ter- 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 or whatever it was?
0: Yeah, I, I forgot what the alternate pronunciation was, so I just went back to Tyrod.
1: <laughs> he tried to tell us, and we're just like, nope, it's nah. Tyrod. We're, no, we're it, telling it, you how your well, name It was sounds. like
0: Kelsey came out and said that's not how he pronounces his name. No one was. It's Kels. No, yeah, everybody's just said,
1: no, too bad. You you waited too long to tell us.
0: (laughs) Should have done this eight years ago, pal. Not (laughs) happening. If you had to pick someone up, uh, almost like running back, if you need a wide receiver three or a flex this week, if someone you know who is available, like where would you be going here?
1: Mm, Who I know is available? I mean, there's... Because there's a lot of names, as you said, that will probably sit out there like Crowder, Hardman, you know, obviously. So I'll just say one that is definitively still out there in a lot because people, even after the past game, they were waiting for a second game. It's, I'm say Brown. You have him at 32. He is out there in a vast amount of leagues. And then after that, if that's still too obvious, I'll say now's the chance to go back in on Brian Edwards. The good thing we saw about him is that Henry Ruggs still had the big game. Brian Edwards is second. And snaps and routes only to Darren Waller. This coaching change might have been and said, "Hey, why are we wasting Brian Edwards as the third behind Rugs and Renfro? Let's give him some more opportunities." So if you go deeper, deeper, it would be Brian Edwards. And I guess as long as Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer are forcing Jamal Agnew down our throat, I mean, we got to do, we got to respect them for that. Uh, you, you're you're asking how deep? The, yeah, but, I but, guess but, Agnew would be. But,
0: but Agnew's not playing this week.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. They're on a buy. So thankfully, thankfully, we don't have to risk that one.
0: <laughs> Do you think that Brian Edwards might get benched after botching that onside kick?
1: No, it's this. That's it, people put more weight into that to I like, not a name drop. Uh, D'Angelo Williams, when he talked about it, he said more things happen in practice than actual games. Like the fumbles. We've seen this before. Like, Don't overreact the fumbles. Running backs come in and get the very next touch. Or maybe they're out for a series uh, and or, come or, back. Or in. you're Chris Carson. Or you're Chris Carson. <laughs> yeah. But it's more so like if something happened, like And I brought this up on my show to say that Devonte Booker, it, we didn't know why the heck he was at healthy and active the one week. And what Williams was saying to me that one show is that sometimes something happens in the middle of the week. You miss two assignments in a row on a Wednesday practice, and the coach is like, you need to learn your lesson. You're benched this week, or you're not getting your opportunities. So it's more practice than like, oh, he botched the onside kick, and that's why I I mentioned that.
0: Talking about practice?
1: Yeah, talking about practice. Practice actually matters than more people think in the NFL. Talking about practice.
0: I don't want to talk about practice. I want to talk about tight ends. And – Kels is we number. We're gonna talk o- about
1: practice instead. <laughs>
0: K- Kels is number one. Uh, he's a guy you should probably play him. Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, out of the number two for the first time all year. He's now number three, uh, despite a significant drop off in his usage. Uh, coming out of week one, it was like, man, could he try? Could-, could he challenge Travis Kelsey? No is the answer. So Kelsey, Andrews, Waller, <laughs> Pitts, Fant, Gasicki, Ricky Seals, Jones, T.J. Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, assuming he plays, uh, Rob Gronkowski assuming he plays. If not them, then I go to Smelly Dwelly at number 11, Tyler Higby, Hunter Henry, Mo Alicox, CJ Uzma, Zach Ertz in Arizona. I don't have the highest hopes for. Him. I'm sorry. And then Evan Ingram, Jordan Akins, Anthony Ferkser, and Hayden Hurst. Yeah. Pick up Ricky Seals-Jones and play him. If he is not available, pick up Ross Dwelly yes. and play him. Those are your two options if you don't have a tight end this week.
1: I mean, I think you could pick up Zach Ertz. I I would go higher on. I mean, I would go two spots higher. I would play him over Allie Cox and Uzma. But I'm not. I'm with you. I'm not going crazy for him, especially his first game. But Max Williams was being a thing. Max, I think yeah, but the, was... d- the
0: difference is Max Williams is a fucking good athlete, and Zach Ertz isn't. <laughs>
1: No, but we also saw Jason Witten at the end of his career continue to put up numbers just because he's out there a lot. And I was going to say, Zach Ertz kind of hurts more the excitement that people had for Rondell Moore, potentially rebounding to the first two weeks now that Max Williams wasn't part of the equation, more four wide. But I think Zach Ertz hurts him. And I, I'm saying that to say I think Zach Ertz hurts more more than Ertz helps himself. That being said, I'd put him at 14. It's two spots. The other one, I mentioned him earlier. It's Gerald Everett. I mean, Gerald Everett, The when you have a quarterback who struggles downfield and looks for some consistency, that's where the tight end narrative comes into play with rookie quarterbacks like tight ends. Well, it's more so when you're trying to learn the schemes and all the different routes, and sometimes when you have option routes and the quarterback and the wide receiver are on the same page where you see the one go deep and the quarterback throws it out of bounds because he was expecting him to cut out. The reliability is with the tight end. I would go Everett before I touched anybody in Houston, and I would go Everett before – Evan Ingram, even against Carolina. Like Evan, Ingram, Evan Ingram shares too much with no Kenny Galladay. He shared too much even when there was no Sterling Shepard the week before. I'm done with Evan Ingram. It's only one spot behind, but I would I would put Everett at 17.
0: I don't like Everett. He's only running around on 50% of his, uh, the Seahawks care. dropbacks right now. I just don't think he's that good. Like If we're not going to invest in DK and we're not going to invest in Tower Lock, I certainly don't want to be investing in Gerald Everett.
1: No, but that's I think he's the one that benefits somewhat from Geno. And again, Evan Ingram's not even on the field that much himself. Yeah, like, if you're gonna tell me Everett versus Ingram, who's on the field, and they're about the same, I'm just like I said, I'm just going Everett.
0: Hey, hey, hey listen, Evan Ingram ran almost three times as many routes as Gerald Everett did last week and year. look what happened yeah it, look, was, it look wasn't look good this is why I don't play Evan Ingram that's why I have in the low despite the fact that people want to. okay play. well you don't play Evan Ingram play Everett then I know I'd that's rather play Evan Ingram than I'd rather play Evan Ingram than <laughs> Gerald Everett here's my case for Ertz though is it feels like Ertz is going to be someone who's like four catches for 21 yards every week then you have to pray he scores a touchdown good offense to score touchdowns, mind you, but they just have so many other options that I just don't see any particular upside with Ertz, unless he scores two touchdowns. I just never want to bank on that.
1: Yeah, I'm not trying to tell you to put him as a tight end one. We are talking about six teams on a bye and we can still only push him to 14. I'm not not making a huge case for him.
0: And the reason I have Dwelly at number 11 is because I have Jimmy G as playing quarterback for the Niners this week.
1: Oh yeah, there's no question about it. They said that the entire time. Jimmy, yeah, that's the one that Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy. He is the quarterback. Trey, Trey, Trey Lance was a fun one-week streamer, sure, but that that time's over. Quarterbacks
0: for week number seven, we got Kyle. Oh, do you
1: want to do a speculation one? Do you want to bring up the OJ Howard if there's no Rob Gronkowski? I mean, because you're playing I, a lot of speculation I, I, I'd, games.
0: I'd still rather Ross Dwelly is that guy. You can pick up Ross okay. play Okay,
1: no, that, and that's why I'm throwing him out yeah. there because we played a lot of the speculation games. No, here.
0: sure. No, I I feel like Ross Dwelly. I mean, Ricky Seals Jones is available like 80% of the league somehow.
1: Still somehow.
0: It's nuts, nuts right now until Logan Thomas comes back. Hard mm. reset on quarterbacks for Week Seven: Kyler, Mahomes, Lamar, one, two, three. Joe and Hurts at number four. Why not Tom Brady? Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr, and then Aaron Rodgers at number ten. You know who doesn't throw the ball? Aaron Rodgers. He have no like his efficiency has to be so good for him to be a top tier fantasy runner quarterback this year. Like it's happened one week so far, and the rest of the weeks he's been like really mediocre as a fantasy quarterback. Uh, Real life he's been good. It,
1: okay. Well, he also has been very mediocre and isn't efficient at all as Ryan Tannehill. Um it, talk about bad at it. it's just i would go rogers over Tannehill, because it's washington's defense that's really why and i know that kansas city isn't that much better but you know Tannehill has just been the, the big. everybody's like talking about and i'm not saying this to say your point's not wrong you're 100% right and the pro- problem with Tannehill is similar to the conversation i had with sam darnold people are like oh sam darnold looks so much better he's away from gaze no sam darnold's this much better he's still sam darnold he's just a little bit better this year and people are banking on looking at the fantasy numbers and the rushing numbers and thinking he's so much better and he's not he's mildly better it has nothing to do with gase what i'm saying is Tannehill is the opposite is tannahill's not playing much differently and worse than last year he's playing this much worse but the touchdown efficiency isn't there that's the big difference with ryan Tannehill. it's ryan Tannehill was good in fantasy because he was throwing two plus touchdowns every single week even when he only threw 18 times so uh I you're not wrong, but I think Ryan Tannehill and Aaron Rodgers are in the same conversation. And if you give me the two, I'm going Aaron Rodgers over Ryan Tannehill.
0: Okay, so I will listen to you on this one because you won the quarterback debate last week. So Ryan <laughs> Tannehill is going to drop down in the rankings, so you would play Rodgers over him. So that makes him at least number at best number 10. Would you play Matt Ryan against Miami or would you play Ryan Tannehill?
1: I'll take your question and go one step further and say at this point I'd probably play Tua over Tannehill and stop there.
0: Are we by I have Tua at number thirteen?
1: You oh. have Devontae Parker in too, and that's why I would say Tua.
0: Fair enough. But are we just really putting a lot of t- man Tua looked okay last week? He played the Jags. Like, let's pump the brakes a little bit. And he didn't even He's look all that great.
1: <laughs> no. if you want to put t- if you want to put Tannehill over Tua, I don't I don't have a problem
0: with that. The one thing I didn't just... like about Tua, and I know this has been brought up a lot, and I even mentioned it. I think on I, mean, I had to re-record my Monday show three times because I had my mic on mute for the first hour and a half. Uh, that's why the show oh was only God. like 45 minutes long because I did an hour and a half, went to go put it out. It's like, oh, I was on mute. I recorded another 45 minutes, and I forgot to record it. Uh, so I that, that's take three of that show. That's why I seem like so angry the entire time because it was just oh fuming. Uh, it was a nice waste of like three and a half hours, and that's why the show came out so late yesterday. Day. I and would have
1: taken the rest of the week off that oh, you, you, you
0: gotta push through <laughs> it sometimes it was a nice learning experience about how I should be looking at my checklist every single time there's a reason that I write this stuff down and then I got too complacent I didn't check it that's why you should always check your instructions to remind yourself so you don't ever fall into that trap again the problem with Tua here so I don't know if this made the show or not is he had one third down and they ended up converting on the fourth down but it was third and two and he had like 15 yards to run in front of him and he didn't take it at all, and he made this horrendous pass to nobody, uh, and they end up converting the fourth down. So it just it's kind of washed away from everyone's mind because it didn't actually make that big of a difference. But if he isn't gonna take the free fifteen yards on the ground, I worry about what his upside as a fantasy performer is.
1: All right, and that's a warranted point. So yeah, if you want again, if you want to go back to it for what you just said and you want to keep Tannehill over him, I don't have a problem with that. Put it this way. I had somebody ask me in the waivers and I do streaming quarterbacks and I do them in groups because my ranks aren't done until Tuesday night. I haven't even done my projections yet. I do that after I finish the show with you. But somebody said, if Tannehill is out there because he was dropped, where would he be? And I said, he would be in the group. I only have two in the best streaming options. The other ones are like, if you're needy. Uh, And the two were Matt Ryan and Tua. And I said, Tannehill would be in that same conversation.
0: So from Matt Ryan is now number 10, so 11 through 20. I got Sam Darnold at number now 11. So Ryan Tannehill, two of Tugs, Jameis. Jimmy Garoppolo, Teddy Bridgewater, Tyler Heineke, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Jared Goof. in uh, a revenge game too, <laughs> double revenge game. Revenge,
1: yeah, but see, yeah, double revenge. Yeah. Stafford's going to be the one to actually, and everybody's always going to remember that Stafford's the only one that did anything. And then real quick to go back to Tannehill, I would, I would have felt better about Tannehill, if Julio Jones, and to get hurt again. True.
0: If Baker sits in case Keenum is playing quarterback, where would you put Case Keenum?
1: Over Zach Wilson. So you'd that have. That was a, easy. You'd have, you'd, you'd, you'd I don't play, ever want to start Zach Wilson. You'd
0: play Heineke, then Case Keenum.
1: Yes, I don't ever want to start Zach Wilson if I don't have to.
0: Fair enough. Defenses four. I actually thought, and this is not going to sound good. I actually thought defenses were super easy to rank this week. Just they all (laughs) kind of, like when I I, I looked at the list, I was like, oh, this actually makes a lot of logical sense to me, which means they're going to be wildly off. But I have the Cardinals at number one against the Texans, Rams, Panthers, 49ers, Broncos, Patriots, Saints, Buccaneers, Ravens, and Packers. A lot of those defenses are wildly available, by the way.
1: I was going to, that's where I thought you were going. I was going to say, this is a, I have one, two, three, six, seven, ten 10 potential streaming defenses this week, including the dolphins. Uh, if you're really desperate, the I, have the, Seahawks, I have them I at 12.
0: Have I have the dolphins at number yeah. 12.
1: Yeah, so there's a lot of potential options out there. And if you're looking ahead to week eight, some of those defenses carry over, too. So go look ahead if you want to kind of try and carry one for two weeks. But, yeah, defenses you know what? seem pretty I do, easy.
0: I don't have them ranked, but the Falcons defense could be okay, too, against Tua. Just they've looked so good coming out of buys the past few years, their defense in particular. And they get Sam
1: Darnold next week. Not bad. Not that, not that bad at all. I will say this, though. Our combined defensive rankings is only like 40th this year so far. We we, we, have, we have to make up some ground here.
0: Yeah, but now is when we really start to get into it because DVOA is adjusted. Uh, we can go right. and look at like sack percentage and everything like that. I've been using the advanced stats hub at runthesims.com, but I feel like we have a large enough sample now because there's a lot of noise. I mean, there's a lot of noise in football stats anyway, but at least we do have a larger sample of, oh, this team actually sucks at blocking. This team can actually get to the quarterback, and that's been sustained <laughs> right. now over the course of a few weeks. So. I mean, you can't use the Saints on the main slate on DraftKings, but I feel like they have the highest upside of anyone here because we know their pass defense is good. We know they can attack the quarterback, and they're playing Geno Smith. And I just feel like people wouldn't play them uh, in Seattle, but it's a Monday night game, so that's kind of irrelevant.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, on top of it, I think a lot of people aren't going to look to pick them up because they know they have to immediately drop them because next week they get Tom Brady. So they're they're If you're only playing the one weeks and get, can't get two weeks, I'm with you. I, I have the Saints. I think they were one, two. Where are they? They're my fourth, I think, fourth best because the pa- the Panthers are in there, too. And you have them third and the Panthers are still wildly unknown.
0: I've been rolling with the Panthers on DraftKings the past few weeks. They're up in price now at 3,500 so bucks, but they've been good.
1: And they get the Giants and the Falcons in the next two weeks, too.
0: Not bad. Not bad at all. Dolphins get it. What not a, bad? Your show. Yeah, the show there wasn't bad. And we kept it under an hour. Despite, I feel like we hit on a lot today, Jake
1: we did it felt that way for sure
0: yeah if you're watching this on game plus network in canada shout out to you tell them you want to see some more pme and some more jake seeley if you're listening to the audio podcast rate review and subscribe help us out there if you're watching the video version smash the like and hit up the sub button to mayo media network jake what do you got going on the rest of the week
1: yeah, rankings, 12.01 a.m. Eastern on Wednesdays. They have to do, do that that way. And then the APA, which is adjusted points allowed, which is something similar to you talking about, the metrics is looking at about the matchups for running backs and all wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, all the major four positions. So that's going on. And you mentioned it, the best TV show all on football, tomorrow, Wednesday, depending on when you're watching this, 2 p.m. live. Or you can watch on the same network as you if you want to watch the replay later on with Jeff Ratcliffe to talk ranks.
0: There we go. If you want to find the updated rankings and the ranking list and cheat sheet form, hit the description. You want to find the injury cheat sheet, which will also be updated, hit the description or just sub to the newsletter as there's a fresh one coming out on Tuesday evening. And I'll continue to update that on the website on Substack as the week goes along. That's where you can find the injury cheat sheet. And if you want to play in the best tournament on DraftKings, the Pat Mayo experienced Listeners League, also in the description. There's a lot down there that you can find discounts, giveaways, promos. I've been trying not to overwhelm people with it. We're into week seven now. If people are going to sign up for something, Jake. They would have done it already. I think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You would hope so, but Hey, yeah, you never know. Maybe they just, now they're like, Oh, I need some help. And they're, they're kind of finally finding you and my, my work.
0: Maybe so. All right. If that's the case, go to pricepicks.com and use code M M N to get a match deposit of up to a hundred dollars. If, Sports betting is not legal in your state. Price picks probably is. Then you can play some over/unders, get in the game. We have the 7-11 contest going on. If you play a $7.11 entry on PrizePicks.com when you use code MMM when you sign up, then you play you know, five guys from either Thursday and Sunday, no Monday night games, but you can win 10 times your t- sorry, yeah, you can win 10 times your money on that entry if all five picks hit. Plus they'll give you a bonus 50 cuz you entered a $7.11 entry. It's a really easy way to try to build a bankroll for not very high stakes you want to get into it so prize code mmn all right you can find all the rankings up on dknation.com if you're ever looking for them and hit me up on the pme because i have some free millimaker tickets to give away this week so find me over there on the twitter box as well thank you all for watching i'm pat mayo i'll see you next time experience
1: experience